Hello, and thank you for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy Zerden with Made Possible By, and one of the things that we do is we love to make good loud. We love to share stories of good. We love to connect with companies, causes, people who are doing good in the world and to make it loud. And today I'm excited to share with you Jeremiah Shaw, which is a super cool name, by the way. It just sounds thank like you. you're a thank you. outdoorsy guy. Your parents <laughs> set you up for that out, uh, outdoorsy person. Jeremiah Shaw, he is the executive vice president at Strata Leadership. Um, you were a former Young Life staffer, and we'll talk about that. And you also were the sales manager for Deep Fork Farms. That's kind of hard to say, Deep Deep Fork, fork, yeah, deep fork, fork Farms. Tree Farms, yeah, yeah. It was a That's short cool. stint, but enjoyable. Okay, yeah. so I want to talk about all those things. Yeah. But give us a 90-second uh, snapshot of you. Oh, snapshot of me. Uh, born and raised in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, thought I would always move away, and then uh, met the love of my life. And senior year of college, uh, we were going to move away, and then we got pregnant and realized that free babysitting is really nice. It is really nice. And family's a priority. Yeah. And so we hung out here. Both of our, our side, both sides of the family are here. Um, just Where'd you love. go to school? I was homeschooled. So oh, okay. yeah, right up the road from here, in between. Uh, uh, Edmund and Guthrie. We call that South Guthrie. South Guthrie. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll hang <laughs> You're with that. You're in Guthrie, yeah. America. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, my best friend lived in Guthrie. And so I spent a lot of time up here hiking the woods and jumping in the creeks with nice. him. And okay. It was, we love it up here. Yeah. So, so where'd you go to college? Yeah. UCO. UCO. Okay. Yeah. Moved out. My turned 18, my parents said, hey, we love you. Come home for dinner every once in a while, but yeah. go figure it out. Vamanos. Yeah. Be independent and okay. figure your life out. Okay. And then you met your wife there. Yeah. Met my wife there. She played basketball at OBU for oh, a nice. year and moved back to UCO to finish up there. And we met actually doing uh, youth ministry together. Um, I saw her at a church camp and said, I'm not here for the, not here for the girls, uh, not here for the, the girls. And uh, she came up to me the last day and I bumped into her and said, oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, I'm Jeremiah and said, hey, we're going to lunch when we get back from camp, a group of us. Um, do you want to go? And she said, yeah, that sounds great. You know, looking forward to getting to know you. And so I turned around to all the guys and said, hey, we need to get a group to go to lunch. And so um, <laughs> our relationship did start out on a lie, but uh, sort of. That's okay. We went to lunch. Yeah. That's okay. You did go to lunch. Yeah. And that was uh, almost 15 years ago. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. So did you purposely bump into her? Like, Oh yeah. I backed into her on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Hey, there's, you got moves, right? Uh, my wife would not agree, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it worked. I thought so. Yeah, it, it worked. worked. It worked. That's yeah. So yeah. yeah. You've got to get a group together. Go to lunch. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, preemptive. So that counts, right? Yep. That counts. Absolutely. So you have two children, three, three kids, three kids. Yeah, nine, seven, and four, uh, girl, boy, girl. Girl, boy, girl? Yeah. Okay. So time. does the boy get makeovers at your house? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. we. I had. So I have a cousin with a daughter. He's got kids about the same age. So we went up to Tulsa last week, and I went back. Son's the only boy. Go back, and I'm like, what is on your face? And so yeah. he's covered in makeup. Okay. And I said, boy, we need to go hunt or yeah, do something. Yeah, let's go and, do something manly. But it was, no, he's, you know what? I want to trade it for the world. He's got a big heart because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to grow yeah. up with sisters because then, you know, somewhere down the road, he, he can understand women. Yeah. Well, his goal in life is to have 17 kids oh. and be a dad. So. And how old is he? 
He's uh, he's seven. And he's seven, and yeah. he wants seventeen kids. Yeah, I said, well, you better get a good job. Wow, <laughs> seventeen kids. I know yeah. people with like thirteen or something, yeah. but seventeen—that's a lot of kids. Yeah, he'll. Yeah, I don't think he means it. He doesn't know what that well, means. But yeah, he doesn't. But that's okay. <laughs> he wants he wants to have a big brood. Yeah. You just added a new family member, though, right? I did. Yeah, we we picked up a new puppy last week. Okay. Um, and she is she's awesome. Okay. So we've got two golden retrievers now, and. Um, I grew up saying, I'm not going to do this suburbia life. I'm not going to fall for this trap. Um, I'm not going to have two and a half kids. I'm not going to have golden retrievers. I'm not going to have a white picket fence. <laughs> so we bought a small little house um, and it had a white picket fence. And I said, okay, well, we got to get a golden retriever. And we had three kids, so almost two and a half. And so I said, we can't have all three. So I tore the white picket fence out. Okay. And so, okay. That makes yeah, me feel a little bit better. A little bit better. It doesn't really mean anything, but. <laughs> never say never. Right. That's what happens. Yes. Yeah. Don't say you're not going to do something because yes, you do it. Exactly yeah. right. Because yeah. you don't know. You right. You never know. Right. And God has yeah. a sense of humor. That's so, right. But life is good. It's it's fun. So you kind of have a COVID pet. Not really a COVID pet, but a little bit COVID pet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you didn't do it mid-COVID, but. Yeah. 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 It's hard to find a puppy these days. Yeah. So. So you had to drive far, right? You said. Yeah, north of Lawrence, Kansas. Wow. So went, drove up, surprised the kids for Halloween. They went trick or treating oh, and nice. had her dressed up like Wonder Woman, and oh that was, was my wife's idea. I don't believe in putting clothes on on dogs. There's so. something. Sometimes it's really cute, and sometimes a little unnerving. Yeah, I always say it's not right, but uh, <laughs> she says yes, it is. So yes, it is. They're we, cute. She wins. So she always wins. The, yeah, the absolutely. Okay, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So what's been personally your uh, biggest COVID pivot? Oh, gosh. Um, professionally or personally? personally? Or everything. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Um, well, I work remote a lot of times now. And so I think getting to parent um, 24-7 mm-hmm. looks different. Um, learning that, you know, I read an article the other day about how kids, there's they're doing the study on kids that are around parents that are there but not there. And it hit me of, I forget what it was called. It was like the tech parent or tech gap or something. But Mm. the idea was that people, parents that work from home are on their computers and phone and having to do work, right? That's our job. And, but at the same time, we're there, but we're not for our kids. And so that gap starts building this wall between you and your child. Mm. And if you're not careful in addressing that of laying clear boundaries of, Hey, dad's in the office, I'm working. Um, I'm not available right now, but I'm all yours at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's been interesting. It's been fun to be home, but it's been challenging like yeah. for a lot of people. Um, the second thing I, I think um, is margin. Um, just really having to be results oriented and moving out of the traditional idea of, well, you're at work, you're at work, um, which I feel like I've always been good about, but it's been fun to manage the team based on results, mm-hmm. which means that if uh, somebody needs to go grab coffee with somebody, and have a real life conversation um, that might be business oriented or a little bit outside of business. Again, it's that blend between professional and personal and what we're talking about here with the community. And that's mm-hmm. what I love so much about the remote, remote work ideas. You're working from a coffee shop and you might see somebody and you never know who needs to have a conversation with. You're right. And being able to build that margin into your day um, as you hit the numbers and hit the performance um, and get the work done, but you're also in the midst of community. Mm-hmm. Also, also still being available to people. Yeah, and I think availability, people, yeah. And people yeah. need people even more mm-hmm. because of oh, the separation, gosh, yeah. you know. I cannot tell you how many of my conversations um, lead to somebody crying by asking a question of, you know, how are you doing? But then really asking that of what else? Yeah, but really. How and then they pause doing? and you're like, 
are they crying? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm not good. I'm not a crier. I'm not good yeah. with criers. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what do I do? Yeah. And they, people aren't being heard. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think grace is ne- needed a lot yeah. in 2020 mm-hmm. and just understanding and just listening. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. It, it is hard because sometimes you're at the coffee shops trying to work, but then there's people that might need you. And so right. you have to adjust. I've had yeah. to adjust what um, product productivity looks like for me this year mm. because I'm a, I'm a getter done. I'm a, let's go. Mm-hmm. This is my agenda. This is what's happening. Yeah. But like you said, working from home, you know, you have a two year old running around or going to the coffee yeah. shop and yeah. somebody comes in and needs to chat. It's like, okay, I'm going to slow down. Yeah. I'm not good at that. My nickname on our team is the steamroller. <laughs> because I get stuff You're done. Driver. I'm You're a driver. driver. Yeah. I get stuff Let's done. Let's get it done. But yeah. I need to slow down. I need I'm to slow the same down. way. I get that. Um, it's been fun. So obviously we do a lot of, we, we moved everything to Zoom almost at our company. So we do a lot of virtual trainings, a lot of virtual coaching, a lot of virtual just sales calls and client relationship meetings. And one of our clients is, you know, huge company, international company. They have 60,000 employees. Yeah. And they have done such a great job. You'd think that, okay, that's the meeting I need to throw my suit jacket on for, look professional. I love how the world has reset and said, okay, let's just be us. Mm -hmm. Let's be people because Mm -hmm. we're all people. We're all in this year of 2020. And how many people's cats have we met? How many people's dogs? How many people's kids? Um, I was on a meeting the other day with an executive. He had a baseball cap on. And I'm like, this is not what the, yeah. the meeting I thought I was walking into. So I'm actually really lost in that moment because yeah. pre-COVID, I would wear a suit most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, what do I wear? Yeah. And it's, what's appropriate? Everything has changed. It's Yeah. And I, I love it, though. Yes. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. At the beginning of the year, there was that video that went viral of the guy at home on a Zoom call and his child came in. Do you remember that video? Yes. He's like pushing him out. Yes. Yeah. And his wife comes <laughs> yeah. in and crawls in. Yeah. Now, if you haven't seen it, you got to YouTube that. Oh, it's so hilarious. great. But now that's totally normal. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many conference calls I've had on with, you see a little two-year-old head pop up, mm-hmm. you know, in the corner of my screen or yes. I did a podcast a webinar with someone and her child was screaming in her lap mm-hmm. the whole time and she would just mute. And then yeah. we'd talk to somebody else for a minute and then we'd go back to her and, you know, you just yeah. roll. As long as you're dressed, some, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, you know, you say that I was on a, a Zoom call with a board and the board chair um, was, he was in the boardroom. Everybody else was working from home. Um, and he sta- he and I stayed on after everybody got off and he stood up to grab something and he was dressed from the waist up mm-hmm. and from the waist down, he had like these Hawaiian almost looking swim trunks on. And I nice. go, what are you wearing? <laughs> and he goes, I might just sport shorts for the rest of my life. This is pretty awesome. I go, well, keep it up because it, it looks good. But. I'm telling you, it's just made it, like you said, be us. But coming, coming, yeah, being us and coming back to that YouTube video of, I think pre-COVID, we would have said, get out of here. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I hope the world now is realizing that we're all human. Um, and now the response should be, hey, just come sit in my lap yeah. and chill out here. You need to be quiet, but let's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, this is my kid. Yeah like most of us yeah. um there's no pretense yeah the cat walked across the keyboard we're good we're let's good. just keep going we're totally okay yeah we're all people yes exactly you hear the dogs barking in the backyard yeah you know, it's okay yep. it's okay yeah so jeremiah how do you define community because i know that you've been in a, a, the nonprofit world you've been in the business world uh, you've lived in edmond for a lot so i'm sure edmond is part of your community but mm-hmm. what, what if you had to define it what would that look like 
Yeah, um, I think I think community. Well, I heard I heard a gentleman about ten years ago say, "To be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known." And mm. I think your community or those around you that really know you and the people you really know. Can you say that again? Yeah. So the, my definition, really, just relationship and, and being loved is to be loved is to be known, and to be known is to be loved. Okay. And while there are some neighbors that you may not be there with. Um, relationally like that. I, I think that at, at the end of the day, that's where I want us to be. I was talking about values yesterday with somebody. And while my neighbor has a different values, when we show up to the polls, like we did this week, mm-hmm. um, with different values, right. That are driving us all. At the end of the day, I want us to know each other in a way where we can respect each other and love each other and say, okay, what kind of community do we want to build? What kind of community do we want to be? So the ice storm happened mm-hmm. last week. It's mm-hmm. been big two weeks, right? And I have a conference call. So I jump on the conference call and I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk. So I go for a walk around the neighborhood and everybody's got their chainsaws out, but they're moving from yard to yard with each other. They're not, they're not by themselves, which is, you know, pushing against this idea that we started 30, 40, 50 years ago with the garages out front and the back porches in the back. Mm -hmm. And, And we're seeing that shift of people leaving their garage doors up They're They're building the back porch in the front yard. Um, we leave our lawn chairs in the front yard all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I think I want. I want to know that I don't want to have to ask the question, where's my kid? Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to be able to send a text out saying, hey, anybody see my kid? I'm mm-hmm. sure they're good, but mm-hmm. who's got eyes? Mm-hmm. Who's got eyes on them yeah. right now? Yeah, because yeah, we used to, you know, you just pull into your driveway, close the door, you go in, mm-hmm. and you don't talk about it. Yeah. But I think that's one of the good things, the positive things that COVID has brought in that People were dying for connections, so just mm-hmm. waving at somebody across the street, yeah. or yeah. you know, yeah. my nieces had a birthday party. They, it's really sad. Their 16th birthday was middle middle March, so right during the shutdown, mm-hmm. and they had a birthday cake and they put some on a skateboard and wheeled it across the street to their little buddy across the street. I'm like, well, you're still spreading some germs, but that was really sweet. Yeah, That was really sweet, you know, because we just want to see each other. Yeah, You You see all those videos of people on their porch, just can't wait to connect to somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and people need that. And that's where community fits in of Mm -hmm. of being able to, you know, some people aren't good about asking for help. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to recap my definition of community, it's knowing you well enough to know your needs before you know yourself Mm -hmm. and or recognizing your needs or you voicing your needs and me actually listening listening Mm -hmm. and we may not agree but then we can collaborate and figure out okay Mm -hmm. what's the solution Mm -hmm. um and not getting offended at everything Mm -hmm. that's that's the kicker Mm. especially right now during the election (laughs) yeah not being offended by everything let's take a breath everybody that's exactly and it all comes down again to slowing down Hmm. to slow down to listen to somebody and and to really hear them Mm -hmm. too you know to have a conversation a civil conversation on different ideas without agenda you know which is hard yeah no agenda no judgment yeah those are hard things Mm -hmm. we're trying yeah trying to create community so what are some ways that strata invests in the communities that you serve yeah so well strata strata leadership we do a leadership development through whether that's just out-of-the-box training but our heart is really for executive coaching and leadership mentorship and so yesterday we we wrapped up uh one of our programs called institute for emerging leaders um and within that group there were private organizations but also a lot of nonprofit organizations and a lot of those nonprofit organizations um, got to come because they were sponsored by one of their board members mm-hmm. or strata um, we got to identify 
through our advisory councils, um, some nonprofits that we wanted to partner with and give free seats to. Mm. Um, these programs aren't cheap, and we yeah. understand that nonprofits can't afford that. So we really do want to try to invest back into the community. Um, I think, you know, you and I discussed a little bit about the idea of really what does it mean to, to give back to the community. And that's not always finances, yeah. right? It's, it's just being involved. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're involved a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I nonprofits are close to my heart. And so being able to go out and just understand what nonprofits are out there, what needs are out there. And then with my job, I just get to network with a lot of neat people, mm-hmm. a lot of neat privately and publicly held companies, a lot of people with influence and just bringing up some of these needs of our community in those meetings with people and saying, where's your purpose? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you're passionate about. Have you heard of X, Y, Z? You should check. Can I connect you? Oh, I um, love that. just grab a cup of coffee and see if there's a fit. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, I'll never forget when I was working for young life, somebody said, don't cheat somebody out of giving by not asking. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me of it's my responsibility to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, because people with resources want purpose too. Mm-hmm. And people without resources, uh, need those resources to make some things happen. Mm-hmm. We need each other. Yeah. We yeah. To work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you all, well, first I want to circle back to the. I didn't, really didn't answer your question. You I just did, realized, by did. the way. Yeah. It's okay. We'll, yeah. Go, we'll, we'll go back yeah. into it. Yeah. But uh, having someone to be a part of a leadership course, mm-hmm. to me, that's going to have such a huge trickle. It's not, we talk all the time on this podcast about exactly what you just said. It's mm-hmm. giving back. It's not just writing a check. Right. That is a component of it. I mean, clearly it takes dollars to do things, mm-hmm. but very often the time is a bigger commitment to give, mm-hmm. but to offer someone a leadership course, that's going to have a ripple effect in their entire organization, mm-hmm. you know, to have someone learn on how to be a better leader. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge thing. I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we love what we do. I love what I get to do. I'm definitely privileged to get just to be a part of those conversations of what people are learning of at the heart of a leader. They just want to care for their people. Mm-hmm. And so many times, again, your resources, whether it's a, a limited uh, amount of time and margin to be able to invest in those people, whether it's financial, whatever that is, they they so desperately show up and they're, they're not in that program for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're really in that program for their people. Mm-hmm. And they say, tell me how to care for my people better. Tell mm-hmm. me how to lead them better. See, that's that's community. Yeah. That goes back to yeah. not, it's not about mm-hmm. me. It's, yeah. it's, it's the whole group. Tell, talk to us about the Philharmonic. Yeah, so um, the reason I brought that up in our last conversation, talking about this podcast a little bit, is um, they were one of the organiz- nonprofit organizations that were identified mm-hmm. um, to sit through IEL. So mm-hmm. we do, Strata Leadership has multiple, um, ex- what we call experiences or leadership programs, and we have uh, Institute for Emerging Leaders, the Leadership Academy, the Senior Leadership Academy. Um, but uh, And each one of those are guided by an advisory council of real world executives that are identifying their talent pool and saying, here are the gaps we're seeing in our employees. Mm. How do we fill these gaps? And then we put together solutions and say, what does this look like? And then we, they help us tweak that. So there's about 20 people on the IEL advisory council. And this last year, um, in 2019, we started the conversation and our team decided to present to the opportunity to the advisory council of saying, Hey, if you, uh, give us some names of some nonprofits that are near and dear to your heart. Um, let's go ahead and vote on one of those nonprofits and give away a couple of seats to each of our programs. 
whether it's SLA or IEL, we gave away two free seats per program. And so the IEL uh, advisory council voted on that and the Philharmonic was one of those. So um, it was fun to see them in that class because traditionally they wouldn't have been able to come. Yeah. It's not something they would have had access yeah. to. Um, our founder, uh, Dr. Nathan Miller, one of the things he talks about all the time is a leader's responsibility is to give access mm -hmm. to those without access. So mm -hmm. we've broken the ice, we've made it through. We have resources that other people don't have as executive leaders in our community and we have influence and you have to realize that there are people out there that can make a much bigger impact than I can, than you can, but they don't have access. Mm. Um, and so th this idea, we could actually spend hours talking about, right? Because then we can talk about diversity and inclusion. We can talk about all these hot topics right now that people need to be a part of the table mm -hmm. and they need to be invited, mm -hmm. but they have to be invited by somebody. And so as leaders, we have to create the margin in our life not just have our head down trying to figure out how do we make the bottom line work and create profit for our companies, but how do we create profit through relationships for our communities? Mm -hmm. How do we make it about people? Right. Hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. What What's Emerge OKC? Um, oh, Remerge. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we started a conversation with them. We haven't gotten to do quite as much as we wanted to, but um, that was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, um, well, everything's... Yeah. So there's a few organizations um, that we really... I personally thought was really neat mm -hmm. um, and they've been part of our webinars, but um, there's several organizations. CASA is yeah. one that mm -hmm. comes to our programs. Um, Remerge OKC, they've been on a lot of our webinars, but if you don't know who those uh, nonprofits are, you gotta, um, you gotta check them out. They're doing amazing things, but Remerge focuses on um, women that are coming out of the prison system mm -hmm. um, and trying to give them the resources to make it so they don't end up back in. They just do a phenomenal job mm -hmm. um, out there. Um, Young Life, on the, I'm on the OKC Young Life board, mm -hmm. so they're near and dear to my heart, obviously. Um, and then I'm involved personally. Uh, my dad runs a nonprofit he started called Suncatchers, oh. and it's all about mentoring uh, uh, specifically boys without dads. You know, this idea mm -hmm. of father, fatherless America mm -hmm. um, is such a big deal in the family family unit. Mm -hmm. And why would these boys understand what responsibility looks like? Yeah, they have no idea. Right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was really privileged with a dad that um, stuck around and showed me that every morning you got to wake up and put your pants on and go to work and mm -hmm. come home and spend time with the family and yeah. care for your family and care, take responsibility for your actions. and. There are so many kids out there that they don't get to see that. And so he had a huge heart for that. He was the executive director of a nonprofit for 30 years. Hmm. Um, and then he stepped out of that and said, hey, I'm going to start my own nonprofit um, hmm. out of this vision he had had for 10 years. And he started it. So um, get to do a little bit um, with him on that. And that's I think we all need a purpose in our life. And yeah, that that is more about just spending time with my dad. Than, well, that's that's a bonus. Yeah, that's gravy. Yeah. That's gravy. I'll, I'll never forget when we, um, when my, we have two sets of kids. We have our bigs and our littles. When our bigs, my husband taught them how to shake hands. We have two mm. boys. Taught them how to shake hands. And I thought that was great. You know, that's a cute thing. But, you know, I'm a girl. I that's, wasn't, you know, yeah. I, I didn't have a brother, so it wasn't right. one of my things. Yeah. But the men that came up, started coming up to me and still come up to me and talk about how my boys walk right up look you right in the mm -hmm. eye and shake your hands yeah. and that it's interesting in the work world where I, I talk to men who won't look me in the eyes mm. who don't, you know, that just didn't have that. Yeah. You know, it's, I always think of Mr. Miyagi and uh, karate kid. Look, I, 
always yeah. look at it. Yeah. Because you gotta you yeah. gotta connect with that. But if nobody teaches them yeah. how to do that, yeah. But that's a thing. That's the first impression. Right. You know, you yeah. gotta have those skills. Well, I think at the root of it is self confidence. Mm. And I think every young man and, and every I think every little girl, you know, mm-hmm. I have I have two daughters. They're looking for specifically there's something about a dad a father figure. Mm-hmm. They're looking for that approval of saying somebody believes in me. Mm-hmm. And um, Jordan Peterson, he's a, a social psychologist. He wrote a book, um, 12 Rules for Life. And one of the rules is head up, shoulders back. Mm. And I love that idea because he's in the book, he's specifically talking to men, but he's saying head up, shoulders back. Um, have confidence in who you are, know who you are, and take mm-hmm. responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming back to that handshake, which we can't do anymore, right, with yeah. COVID. But, yeah. uh Elbow bumps. Yeah, elbow bumps and mm-hmm. eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, eye contact, that's a big thing. Yeah, I'm working, actually working. My oldest is nine. She's a girl. We named her Huntley. We thought she was going to be a boy, and my wife was confident. She's like, it's it's a boy. And it was a girl, which we were ecstatic about, yeah. but we were going to name uh, the little boy Hunter. And my wife said, I still feel like we're supposed to name her Hunter. So we named her Huntley, mm-hmm. which means... Um, uh, protector and provider for people. Oh, and nice. so we always say, you know, we talk about how she's a leader. I mean, mm-hmm. her little brother and little sister look up to her and I have no doubt she's going to do some really great things in the mm-hmm. world of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she's, um, raising a family or working for running a company, you know, mm-hmm. she could do anything she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. It's part, it's part of our parent job or even out in the community, you know, the old adage, it takes a village just to instill that confidence oh, absolutely. into the young people that you can do anything. Well, and so, uh, yeah, this morning I actually saw one of the neighbor kids walking to school. I was out front and he said, Hey, Hey Jeremiah, what's up? And I said, Hey buddy, have a great day. I said, Hey, if you come back by, uh, the house, I said, he parks his, uh, bike at our, at our house. And I said, Hey, if you stop back by, I said, if you need to drink water or anything, just let us know. And, um, it was funky. He's like, Oh, thanks man. And it's just fun of just, rec- I think just recognizing, I think men historically, at least in my life, I've seen older men sometimes kind of see kids as in the way. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to identify a child and say, Hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. You have value. Um, yeah. It's safe here. What mm-hmm. do you need? Mm-hmm. I'm here to pr- provide for you and protect you. Mm-hmm. And so I think again, it takes a village it does. Um, and men and women both can do that mm-hmm. together. And that's, what's, that's, what's fun about community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, why do you think it's important for businesses to be connected to their community, to give back to their community in yeah. the different ways that they do? Why do you see that as value? Well, I think let's shrink. I think shrink our cities and towns down to just a few people. And why would you go to work? Well, to provide for your family. Um, so why would I start a company? Well, to, to provide for my family and provide for employees and provide um, in turn so that they can be a part of the community and grow the community. So communities are really, I think, start at that small level and grow out. And we've, we found ourselves in this world that somehow we've kind of switched those priorities up. And I feel like every organization only exists because their community, their talent pool, the people that work there, they're part of the community. They go to the grocery stores together. They go to the coffee shops together. They go to the gyms, to the doctors. We're all a part of this uh, network and we forget that somewhere. Um, and so, when we separate for professional life and personal life, and again, going back to the, to, uh, all these, uh, webinars and, and the internet meetings on, on these zoom platforms, we get to see into each other's lives and that wall is kind of blended now. Mm-hmm. And I heard somebody say, it's not work like work. It's not work life balance. Now it's work life integration. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not this idea of I work from eight to five and then I'm off work. It's just, I work here, I get my job done. I spend, you know, I take my kids to the park for an hour. I come back, I, I work a little bit more. And so trying to balance that and in the same sense of, okay, I'm, I'm professional, I'm personal life and we blend those mm -hmm. and we've seen that collide, I think more than ever. Mm -hmm. So organizations have a huge responsibility to give back to their communities. Um, and again, not just financial. I mean, we saw the ice storm last week. I, I, I actually, so we want to talk about the elections this week on Tuesday. I don't want to talk about the elections, by the way, I, I don't, but, um, <laughs> but as an example, I, I heard several about several organizations that gave the entire day off mm -hmm. to their people mm -hmm. that, you know, that's saying, Hey, whatever your values are, yeah. go vote. Yeah, Smirk Media, Smirk New Media, they were on last week as our podcast, and he said that he's given all that's his awesome. employees a day off. Yeah, and that's valuing your people and the mm -hmm. community you live in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, if our businesses aren't connecting into the community, then we have a major disconnect. Yeah, your revenue comes from the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right. It's yeah. secular. You that's the future of business is community. <laughs> the people will notice. Mm -hmm. Your talent, you will not retain talent. Um, your people don't want to work somewhere without purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have a question. We're going to talk about yeah. that a little bit more yeah. in a minute, but absolutely right. Um, so do you think it's okay for businesses to share the good that they're doing in the community? Yes. I love, no, I love that question. Um, yes. I think a lot of times when we ask, I think, think through that of, okay, what does it mean to share? I think we think about PR and commercials or patting ourselves on the back. I think an or organizations that are really doing that right, I think a good indicator of that would be, are your employees telling the stories? Mm. And if your employees are telling the stories, um, then you don't have to. And so I think as business leaders, are we treating our people well enough? Because they, seem, they see behind the curtains, right? So I can put whatever commercial I want on the TV. I can say whatever I want about how much we raised for United Way or, or some food drive or some campaign we did right um but the employees know the truth and if and they're part of the community and they're that liaison between our organization and the community and so um those are the voices and, and that i think is who should be telling the story especially with social media these days mm -hmm. so if you know within an organization i would encourage employees to to and leaders to create a culture of storytelling um and say hey here are some things that are going on in our company that I want you all to know about. What are you passionate about? Let's make that happen here through our organization. So helping your people tell the story, not you tell mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that because the employees are uh, kind of behind the curtain, right? I mean, right. they know exactly what's mm -hmm. happening. So, yeah. and, and if you're giving, if businesses are giving their employees a chance to go volunteer mm -hmm. out in the community, you know, yeah. you're going to want to take a picture of that. You're going to want to yeah. share that. Yep. So, but it's part of the inter internal culture to allow them to go do those kind right. of things. So yeah. we're seeing more and more of that, which mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. Which is great. Cause I'll talk about that question down the road, but, um, it's important to work. People don't just want to give business to companies that are doing good. They want to work mm -hmm. there. They want their whole lives to matter. So. Yeah. And, and not only do the employees tell the stories, I think do your vendors, your clients, are they telling your story? Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, I love nothing more than um, telling the story of some of our clients of saying, man, they're doing it right. Mm -hmm. You, it, this is your need. I have the solution mm -hmm. and I'm not going to plug that them in if it's not a good fit, if I don't know the truth. And so since I know the truth, I'm, 
I want my friends to win. Mm -hmm. I want my clients to win. Mm -hmm. I want our vendors to win because mm -hmm. they're doing life right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a trickle thing. I listened to a podcast recently. I was just trying to think of who it was, but I don't remember. But it said, champion your clients' clients. Mm. You know, so it's coming yeah. down that you yep. care about their needs as well. Because if you're helping your clients' clients, then that's helping your client. Yep. You know. Exactly. So yeah. everybody matters. That's right. Everybody matters. Um, so what does it look like when Strata, Strata is talking leadership in the community? Like, what are responsibilities of a leader um, mm. when you connect to different businesses? What are you saying? That's kind of Strata's go to what is your yeah what do you communicate so i think what sums up the heart of strata best is a program we do called Le the leadership academy so it's a it's a program that large organizations or medium-sized organizations call us and say hey we want to develop our next line of leaders and so we go in there and they've tapped these people on, on the shoulder and typically they're people that are directors vice presidents they're moving up they're going to be leading that company in the next five to ten years so we're coming in and we're investing in those leaders, teaching them about whether it's business acumen or um, uh, communication styles, personal personality types. Um, but how we've structured that program specifically, and I would say this resonates through Strata, not just this one program, is the idea of uh, starting with a leadership idea of four pillars. Of the first one is self leadership. So I can't help anybody if I'm not taking mm -hmm. care of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. That whole idea of love your neighbor as yourself. Well. I can't love my neighbor if I don't know how I love myself. Do mm -hmm. I like myself? Mm -hmm. um, so we got to focus with ourselves and, and fully understand ourselves. The second pillar um, would be teams. Um, how do I manage my team? Do I know my team? Do I know what uh, motivates my team? Um, money doesn't motivate. It's like the third or fourth thing that motivates people, right? There's a lot of things before that. So what does Tracy like and what, it, what gets her on fire to show up to work every day? So how do I do that? Um, then how do I lead my organization? So how does, how do, start with self, flows through team, hits organization, and how does my organization um, hit our goals, our mission, our vision, our values? Then within all that, we have to look outside of our organization because I think that's where a lot of organizations get stuck in that bubble right there. I think the family unit, and especially in suburbia, gets stuck. Okay, we had our kids. Okay, this life's crazy. Okay, we got to get the kids to baseball practice. Well, I don't have time to sit on a nonprofit board. I don't have time to volunteer. So your life becomes about you. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I feel empty. Mm -hmm. I built this great thing. I have this big swimming pool. I have, I have this big house. I have two cars, a white picket fence, right? Two and a half kids, <laughs> et cetera. And um, we do the same thing with our business. We build this business and we're like, man, we're killing it. We have, you know, a hundred million dollars saved in the bank. Uh, we, we might go public, you know, all these, these markers that people try to achieve then you look up and you're like, what do we build? And we left our community behind. So that's why we say the fourth pillar is community. Mm -hmm. How is your organization involved in the community? How are you giving back to the community? Because so many times we say, here's our goal. We have to hit this revenue marker. Okay, well, that's great. But are we putting our heads down and working 14 hours a day? We're not giving our employees and ourselves the margin to actually care for people. Mm -hmm. um, because if we're going to work and then going home and going to work and going home, you don't have time to stop at the grocery store and ask your neighbor how they're doing and, and, and identify the needs. And going back to the, if you don't know people, you can't love them. Mm -hmm. So it comes back to slowing down. Yeah. So, so I would say, you know, just challenging clients. I was talking to a client this week um, and he was talking about really this lack of purpose of, okay, I've got all these things, but we were talking about how do we, you know, how do we, um, what's the next phase of life look like? You know, what does 20 years from now look like? 
And so many of us have those visions of in 20 years, when I do this or when I achieve this, then I'll do that. And my question is, why not now? Mm -hmm. Why can't we give back and build something? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't count on tomorrow either. I mean, if 2020 has taught us anything. Right. (laughs) You have no idea. Yeah. So let's do it today and make it happen today. That's right. And maybe life looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't buy the new car this year. Maybe we wait wait till next year. Mm Mm-hmm and have that extra money every month to give somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we don't go out to eat once a month Mm -hmm. and uh, say, hey, instead of this this dinner, let's take the $100 and give to a nonprofit Mm -hmm. and let our kids choose, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let our employees choose. Mm -hmm. And maybe today your vision can be a little bit smaller because I think we get caught up in, I wanna start this nonprofit and I'm gonna be in these big ideas, which are great, but you gotta start with baby steps. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just talking to that young man across the street who maybe doesn't have mm-hmm. the whole family unit, or maybe mm. it's the apartments next to your uh, business. Yeah. Maybe they need something. Maybe yeah. that single mom needs somebody to come paint her house or, yes. you know, there's, yeah. we all come across people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's the person in the grocery line who just needs you to, they didn't have enough money to cover their groceries, yeah. you know, and you can take care of that. It's those yeah. little things that, but they're not little. Yeah. They're really not little. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what a difference that makes. It's huge. Well, and introverts are going to hate this idea, but <laughs> um, I think we all, I one, I think we all should turn, turn our TVs off right now. Mm. Oh, if please. everybody in the U.S. turned their TVs off for a week and did these few things of one, um, have dinner with your family mm-hmm. around the table mm-hmm. and say, tell me you're high and low. Mm-hmm. So our four-year-old, we do that every dinner. Yeah. Um, and we don't have dinner around the table every night, but mm-hmm. when we do, our four-year-old, um, she has started to s- drive that conversation versus us. She says highs and lows oh, and then she so chooses cute. who goes. And so, um, they love that. And then the second thing would be, um, if you don't know your neighbors on to your left and to your right, start there, mm-hmm. know their name, know their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to the next neighbor and go to the next neighbor, go mm-hmm. to the next neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, our, I know you all do this and get through so well of whether it's, hiring the beer, the big friendly beer bus out here and, and having a couple beers with the neighbors or cooking out or doing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, know your neighbor and gather with your neighbors, mm-hmm. um, any excuse. So we do in our neighborhood, we all get together for Easter. We do a friend's giving for Thanksgiving. Oh, we nice. do for Halloween that we do usually do a chili cook off and, mm-hmm. um, actually have the big friendly come out and, mm-hmm. um, then we all go trick or treat together. Mm-hmm. So start with your family, then your neighbors, and then your community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was joking with my brother the other day. He, you know, he get he uh, he loves politics, and I threw out the idea of if we aren't voting locally, should we really vote nationally? Mm. So hmm. people will disagree with me on that. Deep thoughts. Yeah. So. Deep thoughts. Those are good conversations, Tara. Well, and I always preface usually when I speak. I was speaking yesterday somewhere. Um, I, I start the conversation with this. Uh, my mom always said this. She said, uh, she was telling a friend cause her friend said, Jeremiah knows a lot about a lot of things. My mom said, what are you talking about? And, uh, not that my mom thought I was dumb, but, uh, <laughs> uh, she said, what are you talking about? She goes, Oh, he was just rattling off facts. Well, what my mom's friend didn't know is that I, my mom used to keep the reader's digest by the toilet. And so what do you do when you're on the toilet? <laughs> you read reader's digest. So reader's digest, they had all these facts in yeah. there. Right. So I just spout those off. Yeah. So my mom started telling people, she said, you know, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah's not always right, but he's always going to make you think. Oh, and that's nice. why I love the world of leadership. Yeah. It's so abstract. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a science of this is how you do it. It's mm-hmm. let's just talk about how mm-hmm. we do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job as a, a person who develops leaders is just shaking loose what you already know mm-hmm. and saying, what do you know? Let's clarify this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's all coaching is. That's all leadership mm-hmm. development is. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to getting to know people. Yeah, and connecting. exactly. Yeah, one of our partners is Hetty Coleman. And listeners, if you're not familiar with Hetty Coleman, you want to go he's find his guy. podcast because yeah. yeah. he's he's a unique human. We love Hetty. But Hetty lives on a main street here in Guthrie. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we, uh, several of us, will go work at his house. But he wants to work on the front porch because mm-hmm. his goal is to wave at every person that comes by. Yeah. And we're not talking just a wave. Hetty is yeah. loud. Yeah. And he will yell at you and wave yeah. at you. But he's all about just... Yeah. connecting with everybody yeah um, i would love to know that. what his personality assessment is because i bet he's that's like a good question an extrovert but then i bet he's another level of extrovert so um i've met him once know. um yeah. and he is he just seems like one of the most positive people i've ever met oh, he is. In, in that one interaction yeah. and then oh, i yeah. follow him on on linkedin yeah he's fun to follow on there he, he puts is. out a lot of great stuff he's a nut yeah he's a nut yeah. so tell us about how you went from young life which is a nonprofit mm-hmm. that works with kids to the Deep Fork Tree Farms, Mm -hmm. to Strata. So those are really different things. And tell me about the different approaches um, that you see in community involvement. And maybe there isn't different approaches. Maybe Mm -hmm. they all kind of have the same vision. But one, how did you go from those different things? Yeah, super weird career. Um, So (laughs) uh, I was in in graduate school coming out of UCO, working on adult education, uh, master's in adult education, and really was like, why am I in this program? Um, great program. Um, I was volunteering with Young Life at the time uh, with my then girlfriend, my wife now, and we were in that. And I interviewed at Chesapeake, I'd, you know, trying to find a job. And I was on my third interview, and they showed me the cub- cubicle I'd be working in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this is me. And um, I'm, I am an extrovert. I like being out in the public, meeting new people, connecting people. And this was in their accounting department and really grateful for the opportunity, but I, it hit me. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't, this isn't me. This isn't fair to them. This isn't fair to me. And, uh, the young life area director at the time, Eric Mixon said, what do you think about working with us? And I was like, I have no idea what that looks like, but let's talk about it. So, uh, flash forward, end up on staff, stick around on staff for about six and a half years. My wife and I just loved it. I mean, it is, it was a foundation of who we are as a couple, um, getting to serve together, getting to grow in our relationship with each other and how we approach, I think, our neighbors and our community. Without Young Life, I don't know how we would, what lens we would have to view community. So I uh, did that for six and a half years. While I was on staff, I had a chance um, uh, to help the, this farm that Auburn McClendon, the McClendons owned, um, set up this uh, leadership program. They would hire all these interns, about 100 college and high school kids every summer, and um, they needed a summer intern manager. So I went out there um, the year before I went on Young Life staff and managed that. And then I came on Young Life staff. I, I stayed involved out there a little bit. And then in 2014, when I was thinking about coming off staff, they called me and said, hey, we want to kind of revamp the program. Would you be available to come out? And so I went out there, oversaw the program over the summertime. And then at the end of the summer, they said, hey, we've always hired horticulturists to do the cells and to run the cells out here. But we're kind of thinking that we need somebody that likes meeting people, um, that doesn't, that likes to get out from underneath the trees. And so I said, huh, that sounds interesting. I don't know. 
I get to be outside. I get to be in the wild and I get to meet new people. So took a job there, flew. I mean, I would travel quite a bit down to Dallas, um, down to Houston, Chicago, Louisiana. Um, we got to work on a lot of great projects. There's a great team out there. There was, so the gathering place, a lot of those trees came from that farm. It was the mm. second largest specimen high caliber tree farm in the, in the world. Mm. It's a huge tree farm. Um, trees around Dallas Cowboys training stadium, all those trees really? came from here. A lot of the trees down at Myriad Gardens came from there. So mm. people don't know, know that it's not, uh, it's not just a walk in with your shorts on. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. Um, but it was fun. I ha- I knew nothing about trees. So there wasn't anything in the Reader's Digest about No, I didn't know a lot of facts about trees. <laughs> um, I, I remembered the word chlorophyll from like physical science yes. in my freshman year of high school. Yes. But outside of that, no, took read a lot of books, figured it out. But um, they did they did a lot of things. And, and I think that leadership program with those interns was really uh, Aubrey's way to say, hey, I want to invest back in these young kids. Um, I want them, what that program was about was about showing up to work on time, mm-hmm. learning how to work hard. Mm-hmm. He always talked about our state motto, you know, hard work conquers all. And so that was the idea behind that program of how do we teach people and these kids to go out into the community and just work hard, give back to society. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, I was out there and then uh, the passing of Aubrey happened mm-hmm. and a lot of things got shaken up and yeah. I started really questioning, okay, is this where I want to be? And mm-hmm. um, I'd read a book called uh, Eater, uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Huh. Um, really great book. And it, it was, it was, he was talking about, in the book, he's talking about um, organizational culture and really corporate responsibility to the employee. Again, people over profits, that whole idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, how do you do this? There's people out there that do this full time. And that was about 18 months before Strata. Um, I had no idea Strata leadership existed. I had no idea companies like strata leadership existed and i started kind of pursuing this idea of uh, a leadership role within a company that has those same values that that book talked about and how do i build a team and care for that team the way this book talked about Hmm. so went down that path met a woman named lynn watson um, who worked for strata now she's over at crossings Um, i think she's their vice president of hr over there but phenomenal woman um one of my heroes and mentors, she's just incredible, but met her, we connected and she's like, uh, Hey, we don't have anything right now, but I'll, I'll dog ear your resume. And I said, everybody says that. And so moved on. And about six months later, um, a position opened up and she said, Hey, this is a role for you. And I said, Hey, I think you're right. And I called my wife. I said, I don't know what they pay. Um, you might have to get a full-time job, but I'm saying yes, no matter what. And so, um, and what was her response to that? She said, at that point, she was like, whatever's going to make you happy. Nice. Because, um, you know, stuff's not important to her. Mm. And, you know. She's a good woman. Yeah. She's, she's incredible. And she has so much patience for me of saying, what do we want to do as a family? Mm. And where, where I work, does it align with what we want to accomplish as a family? Mm-hmm. Um, because what you do, one thing I've learned is what you do is just a very small part of your identity. Mm. And I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. And work takes up so much of our time. We spend more work, more time at work than we do with any of our friends, any of our family members. Um, and so we should enjoy that. And that should align. The values of our organization should align with my personal values and my family's values. Mm. So started working at Strata Leadership. Had no idea what I was getting myself into. Started in sales at Strata. 
learned about the world of executive coaching, learned about the world of training and development. Um, and it kind of, it was funny to look back on my career and say, my career's weird, but there's a thread through it all. Mm -hmm. One is when you learn how to fundraise for a nonprofit, you can go sell anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. And I remember I, I just gotten hired on at the tree farm and I walked in and Aubrey was in the room. He said, so you're the new sales guy. What do you know about sales? And I said, well, I've been telling a story and selling a vision to donors for the last few years. Um, I think I can sell a tree. And he said, okay. Okay. Yeah. Figured out. So I, I figured that out and it's true. Um, sales is just about finding solutions for people that need something mm -hmm. and really you're helping fulfill people's visions. Mm -hmm. So starting sales at Strata, um, through that, I, I started realizing like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to just sell this. I want to do this. So started pursuing a master's in leadership and organizational development. So wrapping that program up right now, um, and a few other certifications, but really just getting to work underneath, uh, Dr. Nathan Miller. I've learned so much. Um, he's so talented and just getting to, uh, work for strata leadership and connect and serve our clients. It's just been, it's really been life giving to not just myself, but to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really does align with the life we're building. It sounds like it's kind of the perfect combination mm -hmm. of, you know, family things mm -hmm. of working in a nonprofit world. You still get to connect with people. Yeah. You're still out yeah. there. You're building, um, value yeah. to different companies. We're the liaison. I think, you know, strata gets to be the liaison mm -hmm. and a lot of companies, it's not just leadership development. It's a lot of companies get to be the liaison between larger organizations with a lot of resources and these smaller organizations and just getting to be out there and meet people. Any, mm -hmm. any business that has to do with people, mm -hmm. they know people and mm -hmm. they know the needs and they know, again, coming back to, you know, people, you know, your community. So how do you love your community? Mm -hmm. Um, but the silver lining, and I think the common thread through all my, all my careers was developing leaders. So for young life, I developed volunteers, um, at the farm. I got to care for the team that I worked with. Um, and then learned a lot about business out there. And so at Strata, I got to combine my business skills with my leadership development skills. And that's where I am now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's all about connecting. When I, I used to be in the chambering world and I used to joke that we're the little not sexy white Lego that connects all the big <laughs> pieces together, but you mm -hmm. got to have that little yeah. bitty Lego to connect things together. Yeah. And now made possible by we connect, uh, community-minded companies to nonprofits and communities. And I love, that. I, I love being that in between. Yeah. Well, so we joined the Oklahoma city chamber mm -hmm. um, a year ago yeah. and it's been one of the best things for us. Yeah. Um, one, just the people that are involved in the chamber, I think are probably kindred spirits. Yeah. Uh, they just love community yeah, and they fun. see the value of people and mm -hmm. the value of organizations and see where everybody fits. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a really special role. And then what you all do, I mean, it's, it's impressive and it's just, it's needed. Mm -hmm. That conversation is very needed. Mm -hmm. Now we love to make it loud. We love to help businesses be out there and do their thing. So we talked a little bit about this before, but I want to make sure if you had anything else that you wanted mm -hmm. to add to this about, um, how a lot of businesses, business people wrestle with making money or starting a nonprofit or why we do some, th sometimes we feel like we have to choose one over the other mm -hmm. and why can't community and businesses be hand in hand? I know yeah. we talked about that some, but is there anything else that you wanted to? Yeah, we touched on, on that a little bit. Again, I would recap and encourage people out there that are in a position of they have resources. They're leading a company or leading a team. 
that you don't have to wait 20 years to start something. Mm -hmm. And I think starting something is not always the best answer. I think there's a lot of great organizations out there now that you can partner with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I talk to a lot of leaders that feel like they sold out for the dollar Mm -hmm. and they're working these long hours and they have all these resources, but they don't have the community connections. And so being able to say, hey, I want to challenge you to, one, I want to connect you. Um, And then like organizations like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just you know who to know. Mm -hmm. And so how do you connect them? Because that's a gift. Somebody that has money didn't make that money just to spend their life alone and not make a difference. Everybody wants to have purpose. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, hey, you don't have to wait 20 years from now. I hear that all the time of, hey, what are your dreams? Well, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, maybe start a nonprofit or I have a heart for uh, veterans or I have a heart for foster care kids. Well, Let's start that now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go full blown and do that full time. You can yeah. do an hour a week of volunteering. Maybe it just starts with writing a check. Maybe it sponsor a table and get other people involved in the banquet. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many ways just to get involved in our communities that, again, you don't know what you don't know. And if you didn't grow up and, and come up in your career through a nonprofit world, it could be hard and intimidating to get involved. But it's a lot easier than you think. A lot, it just yeah, starts absolutely. with call your chamber or, yeah. or call Jeremiah at Strata yeah. and he can help you. Connect yeah. you. And be careful, you know, asking and making wishes because once you open that box mm-hmm. and you're on a board, then you're on another board. And, yes. and that's what I would encourage people. I've made the mistake of being on uh, too many boards at once mm-hmm. of saying, start small. Yeah. Because it's, I think that's where the most impact happens. Yeah. It's okay to say no. I mean, yes. it's okay. you need margin. Saying need no boundaries. is a gift. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, you got to say no. Yes. Our little two-year-old guy he isn't much of a talker mm-hmm. and we've had to really work on he's in speech therapy to learn how to say things well we had to teach him how to say no how many two-year-olds do you know that you have to learn how to say no well he knows mm. how to say it really good now and my 17 year old was like why did you teach him how to say no like it's an important word it's that's an important a, word. i feel like that's a chapter of a leadership book right there I'm telling you, yeah. it is. And, and yeah. we have different levels of no. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. he does the no. Yeah. So like, can you make that a little bit softer? And he's so cute. You go, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Kid, you can say no so in a healthy truth. way. There's so much truth in the way a kid grows. Mm-hmm. And just if we can, again, have the margin and the time to sit back and observe, mm-hmm. there's a lot of lessons there is. we can walk away from. That's right. With. We complicate things. The kids, they just, <laughs> they just get it to the quick. <laughs> That's exactly right. So do you see talent leaving our state or like, tell Mm. us about, I mean, I know it's the community minded businesses that people Mm want to work for, but Mm. do you see certain types of industries that are struggling and, and why do you Mm -hmm. think that is? And where are people going if they're leaving? Yeah, I think one, I think (coughs) the younger generations want purpose. Mm -hmm. And again, coming back to your employees, tell your story. And I think they need to be telling your story. And if they don't have a story to tell, if you're not giving them a reason to tell a story, they're not going to stick around. And that's what we see. I mean, we our job is to develop talent. That's what Strata does. And so we, we really get to see this. And there is, when you start talking about employee engagement and people sticking around, um, whether it's in our state um, or at your organization, it comes back to, are you providing them purpose outside of just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I do see people leaving the state for uh, numerous reasons. I also see a lot of people coming to the state. Mm. 
And we all always joke about, I love Colorado. I mean, that's no secret if you know me. I love Colorado. I love hiking. I love fishing. I love all those things. Um, and we don't have mountains here. But there's no question the people are just awesome. Oh, absolutely. We have the best people, mm-hmm. which make the best communities. Mm-hmm. And it's, so if organizations don't double down and invest back into the community, we're not going to have the talent here. Mm-hmm. And we have to come back and invest in things like education and like small businesses that bring people together. The small coffee shops, how are we partnering with them? Um, what are the thir- you know the third spaces that people meet at? How do we get more of that to help um, inject um, community with what they need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I was reading, well, we have this as part of our make possible cause we love to tell people about doing good and clutch research released this. I don't exactly remember when it was, but said 68% of people rank giving back to the local community as the most important attribute of a business. Hmm. The uh, 68%. Yeah. That's it's where they number. live. It is. It's they they, they want to yeah. know that. And 93% of consumers same well this is a different study this is edmund good purpose study um 93 of consumers want to know which companies are doing good Mm -hmm. so it goes back to not just doing good in your community but the like you said the younger people want to work there they want to work there Mm -hmm. so if you're not connecting yeah with your community you're going to be losing talent yeah well let's look at like a tree analogy right i like like trees (laughs) um it's if you come in and just cut all the trees down for the profit and mm. don't plant trees, you're mm. in trouble. That's right. And so you got to come in and, and replant mm-hmm. and you got to take care of the community. If they're going to, if, you, if you're going to pull the talent out of there, if you're going to pull resources out of there, you have, I believe uh, a strong ethical obligation to be involved and stand shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. with these people. We can't just pull resources out and go live in our gated communities. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get down and drive, we, you know, uh, I make a lot of people mad sometimes. So, That's okay. Uh, I think we've got to drive down to every area of the city and understand Oklahoma City um, specifically in every aspect, no matter where you live. I should know cross streets down on the south side, the west side. I should understand what's going on in Yukon, mm. down in Moore. I should see, especially as a business leader, I should see where where do we need to be investing for the future mm-hmm. because a lot of employees they're not living they're not living on the north side they're living on the west i mean we're all over and so how are we investing as organizations throughout the city and throughout the state mm-hmm. so and to know where your employees are going home to and what are they going home to yeah and that comes down to knowing them knowing them and that goes back to your quote being loved is to be known and to be known is to be loved yeah that's hard. Mm-hmm. That takes time. Yeah. And again, love's an action. Mm-hmm. Not saying, hey, I love you guys, but yeah. hey, where do you, where do you live? Mm-hmm. What does your street need? Mm-hmm. How is your street hit by the ice storm? Yeah. Yeah. What does your neighborhood need? Do you have a yeah. park? Yeah. Do you have, you know, do you yeah. have any of those things? Yeah. Maybe I have to send a food truck there for the day. Nice. Well, you all clean your ice storm debris up, you yeah. know? I love so that. It's a small thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, I'll say this as, uh, you know, this is my personal philosophy. If you're an executive and you're you're leading a business, um, and you don't have a line item in your budget, that's not an excuse. Pay for it out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. Care for your team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have up here in Guthrie, America. We have a company called um, Companion Healthcare. They have uh, retirement homes, not just in Guthrie. They're all over mm-hmm. the place. But they very quietly, which I so appreciate mm-hmm. about them, and it's 
like you said, through their employees that we even know what they do mm-hmm. in their community, mm-hmm. but they do all the school supplies for every single employee that they, that's just one burden that, is that awesome. they take care of, yeah. you know, and, but they do so many more things. But I just thought that's a really sweet, simple, mm. and to me as a mother, that's a time commitment too. Yeah. You know, you have oh, to yeah. go out and find all those. Oh what a gift. Gosh. I mean, what a gift. What was her name? Uh, Companion Healthcare. Companion Healthcare. Yeah, they're you wonderful. You got to say that name two or three times. Companion Healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the businesses that we have to support though. Absolutely. And again, you only know the story because the employees said yeah, it. Yeah, they're the ones um, that say it because the owners, they yeah. do not, they do not share that stuff. Yeah. So I love it's fine stories. balance in between patting yourself on the back, like mm-hmm. even talking about what Strata does, mm-hmm. patting ourselves on the back, but making sure that we are saying, Hey, what is everybody doing? Mm-hmm. And why are we, what's the purpose behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, and giving that platform and not shaming people if they say, Hey, this is what we did, but yeah. what's the heart of it? Of, hey, I'm doing this mm-hmm. to help our community. Mm-hmm. Would you partner with me? Mm-hmm. Can we all make a pack as organizations to do this in well, our community? And we can do more good together when we're absolutely doing those yeah. kind of things. Absolutely. And made possible, you can always call us and we can help you. That's right. We love to share your stories. That's right. So we're happy to do that. Um, so you talk about mentoring. I know that you mentor mm-hmm. um, through Life Kids, through your church. Mm-hmm. You um, work in some marriage groups. What does that look like for you to be a mentor to individuals, not just at work? Because I know at mm. work, it's kind of a mentoring thing that you yeah. do. But So my wife and I met volunteering uh, for, for a young life. And um, so we met through mentoring, right? And so then, we, then we, we've been together about 15 years now. We've been married for 12. And um, at, so at Life Church, they have marriage coaches. And so my dad was actually a marriage family therapist. And so I was actually going to major in that. My dad came to me. He's like, hey, yeah. And this is, he was ret- about to retire. He's like, I don't know if you want to do this. The world's kind of changing. And I said, huh, okay. He goes, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you go a different route. Cause, and so um, he later came back and said, man, you would have made a great therapist. I was like, well, dad. <laughs> Thanks, dad. <laughs> but no, he's, he, he gives some great advice. And you know what? He was right because I'm in a position now um, where I'm getting to do um, some things that I really love. And so he was right. Um, Mm. But my wife and I, so we do marriage coaching. So we take um, a few couples at a time um, Mm. that are either about to get married or newly married. Mm. I always say three years or less. Mm -hmm. And we just talk about, uh, one, we just make ourselves available uh, for them to text us, call us, say, hey, is this normal? You know, that's a good question. For my you. husband's being an idiot, you know, and yes, and say, normal. yeah. And my wife say, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jeremiah. And so really just, again, making, opening our life up with transparency and saying, Hey, here's where we messed up. Ask us any question you want. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you how, what we learned. Now, again, Jeremiah's not always right. And we're not always right. Our way's not always right. But um, hopefully it shakes loose something for them to say, oh, let's not go down that road. Let's go down this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's one way. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just love meeting with young men mm-hmm. and just asking them, like, what do you want to do in life? Mm-hmm. Um, where's your purpose? How, okay, so you're driven. I met with somebody the other day saying, man, I'm, I'm 26 years old. I, I didn't get promoted. And I'm like, dude, you're 26 years old. Yeah, I know. Like, where are you volunteering at? Mm. And, um, and, and so that's where it's like, you want to build a life, like build momentum, um, not just in your career, mm. because if you volunteer, I think that that maximizes your work life too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's either or 
volunteering and mentoring. I learned so much from mentoring and coaching these young people. The other day I'm sitting across from a, a young couple that's about to get married and I'm saying, Hey, this is, you know, here's some things that your personality assessment said. Here's some, you know, she's going to need, you got to write notes to her. That's her love language, obviously. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, that's my wife's love language. When was the last time I wrote a note? And I'm like, well, it's been a while. And so now I'm like, oh, crap. I've got to do this. Yeah. I'm a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And that's what mentoring and coaching people does for you. You're asking them questions. You're seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. But we're so blind to our own ways. It pulls the the blinders off sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The power of community, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So my, uh, I wouldn't. One of my favorite things to ask people, especially younger people, is what's your favorite thing? If you could do anything, what's your favorite mm-hmm. thing? And it, it's always surprising to me for them to sit there and go, I don't know, what it, you know, to make mm-hmm. them think, to th- what is my favorite thing yeah. to do? But when somebody's getting married, I started this a few years ago. We just cel- we're old. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary Congratulations. This year. I know. I yeah. feel like we need a trophy or something. You do. Um, yeah. But um, I, in, when somebody gets married, I ride in the card. Some days it's just going to suck. That's just good. know that yeah. it is yeah. because you go in Disney thinking, lies. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Disney lies. That'd make a great t-shirt. It's not real. It does. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's going to be hard, Yeah, but absolutely. that's life. Absolutely. That's absolutely yeah. life. That's hard. And that's how your, you know, jobs are too. It, as much as you love your job, some days are just going to suck. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't always. Anything get, worthwhile. Uh, I saw, yeah. I went again, another article I read, um, talks about uh, it was talking about how joy and happiness isn't found at the top top of the peak Mm. it's found in the journey up Mm -hmm. and being able to reflect back on the journey so that's the thing about 2020 i think we've got to talk about positivity and optimism of okay we're going to get through 2020 and look back and be like whoa that was a tough year and a lot of us that were grateful in the moment Mm -hmm. for what we had and and where we were are going to be able to look back and say i grew Mm mm-hmm that's, those aren't areas that I thought I need to grow in, but I need to grow in mm-hmm. them. And that would not have happened without 2020. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, happiness is a choice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. joy is a choice. You have yeah. to say, you know, this is really hard right now, but I'm going to choose to find the good. And deep joy and growth happen when you're uncomfortable. Oh, man. That's a hard thing. Yeah. That's a hard thing. If we pair it with gratefulness. Yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. And it comes down to choosing, choosing to be thankful. Mm-hmm. So you mentor, do you have, you mentor others? Do you have a mentor? I do. Yeah. I have okay. a couple guys in my life that uh, I meet with. Um, they've really become the great thing about mentoring versus like counseling um, is you get to become friends with them. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you forget about the age gap or the experience gap and you just start texting each other for whatever reason mm-hmm. and you become friends mm-hmm. and you start celebrating each other. And I think that's what mentoring is about. It's about finding somebody that will celebrate the wins in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody that'll ask you about the hard things and yeah. say, Hey, let's take the blinders off real quick. Yeah. You need somebody to ask you hard questions sometimes yeah. or to yeah. make you think. Okay. So looking back on your, as you said, unusual career, what would you tell your then self when you started? Oh gosh. Um, slow me, down, slow down. Well, let me think. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how to word that. I think I'd tell myself a lot of things, but one is don't worry. Mm. It just works out. Mm-hmm. Find what you're passionate about and then work hard. Um, that's what I tell my kids work hard. Um, but identify your values early and stick to those and don't apologize for them. Um, but also don't judge people for their values 
and ask more questions. I think asking more questions as a young person um, and not asking for the promotion and not asking for more, but asking for just more knowledge and wisdom, um, that's going to speed your life up in a direction you really want to go. Mm-hmm. Asking for experience and opportunities to yeah. learn things and, and how yeah. you can help people. Yeah. And quit. I think there's one Jeremiah in the world because the world doesn't need more than two or one. But, <laughs> um, but there's one Jeremiah in the world. And when you compare to what other people have or where other people are in their career or where other people decided to go with their careers or their personal life, man, you're cheating the world because the world needs you Mm -hmm. and the world needs one Tracy. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have your values fall back on and say, okay, this is who Tracy is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what they have because I have what I have Mm -hmm. and I can give what I have. Mm Heads up, shoulder back. Yeah, heads up, shoulder back. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. right. Okay, so give us your shout-out, motivational statement, call to action. You, you say you make people angry. What would you tell people? Not that you have to make them angry. <laughs> make them think, as your make mom would say. He makes people think. What would you encourage people in today? Oh, everybody puts their pants on the same way. Mm-hmm. My dad used to say that to me all the time. Um, I used to go do presentations or something for work or have to go for I, I hate Excel and so presenting the numbers in a corporate <laughs> meeting I'm like oh gosh and you know always get called out in, in meetings like that that's what they're for right mm-hmm. making a, those are blinder meetings they're saying are you seeing this mm-hmm. um before those meetings my dad and I might I might call my dad and say yeah I've got this big meeting today he's like okay well don't forget everybody puts their pants on the same way and they do we're all people and mm-hmm. we're all human mm-hmm. and the idea I have this idea and a lot of people um They may agree with it. Again, you don't have to agree with me, but hopefully it creates some thought of this idea of the pedestal effect. If we put everybody that we see as successful on a pedestal, but at the end of the day, they get tired. They have doubts. They have imposter syndrome like we do. um, And they're just figuring it out. And that's the difference between people that are getting stuff done, that are driving, is they took the risk and they just figured it out. Mm -hmm. And this is what I I think people push back on is, Nobody knows what we're doing. Now, a brain surgeon went through years and years of school, right? But he went through years and years of school to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so what, what are we called to figure out? Mm-hmm. And just take the step. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it partnering with a nonprofit? Maybe the organization hasn't partnered with nonprofits before, and you don't know how that you're going to financially make that available and say, hey, we're going to now give 1%, 10%, whatever that is, to a nonprofit, or we're just going to mentor a nonprofit in business acumen. Um, and you don't know where to start. Just start small. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Take the step. Yeah. We, we're all broken. Yeah. We're all, we're all people. We all put our pants on the same exactly. way. Exactly. I like that. We yeah. all have gaps. We yeah. We all have gaps. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Well, yeah. Jeremiah, thank you. Thank you, for Tracy. Joining. I really appreciate Thanks for doing it. what you do. I have a whole thing here of takeaways. I love that. I, I think as far as the business world, that a leader's responsibility is to give access to those who don't have access. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a huge theme for 2020 mm-hmm. is to help people who yeah. don't have access. Yeah. And so think in your world, who is in your community? Who do you know that doesn't have access to something? I don't yeah. know what it is yeah. that you can help them with yeah. and help them do that. And Empower it might just others. be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might just be making a phone call. It might be, it might be writing a $10 check, mm-hmm. you know, it might be writing a thousand dollar check. Yeah. It might just be, they don't have access to another human who mm. would listen to them. So maybe just yeah. go buy a cup of coffee. 
Yeah. So, Start with a story. And there you go. And then tell their story. That's exactly right. Yeah. But just listen. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank well, you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you to our listeners again for joining us for another conversation around good. We love to share stories of good. If you are part of an organization or a business or you're just a super cool individual who's connecting to your community. We would love to share your story as well. You can reach out to us anytime at madepossibleby.us or my email is just Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at madepossibleby.us. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. Thanks so much.